Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 124. I'm your host, Jessica Morehouse. Welcome back to the Mo Money Podcast. Uh, for this episode, I am interviewing someone who was actually part of uh, my second millennial money meetup that I did in Toronto back in uh, the spring of 2017. Uh, I uh, had a panel of guests join me for that event to talk more about um, real estate and home ownership and renting versus buying and all this great stuff. And so uh, one of my guests who I invited on the panel was Penelope Graham. She is the managing editor of Zucasa, which is a uh, website that has real estate listings. Uh, she obviously runs a blog, so lots of information on tips and tricks and insights on real estate uh, in Canada and lots of great stuff. So she really does have kind of her uh, finger on the pulse when it comes to real estate in Canada, which is why I wanted to have her on the show. So we could talk more in depth about that because it's such a hot topic. Even I still absolutely love talking about housing and homeownership and renting and buying and all that great stuff. So uh, we're going to get into all of that in this episode. But before uh, I get to the show, first, a few words about this episode's sponsor. Support for this episode comes from Credit Card Genius, the only tool that compares over 50 features of 150 Canadian credit cards using math-based ratings and rankings that respond to your needs instantly. Now you can get rewarded faster without all the headache. Visit creditcardgenius.ca to learn more. Once again, that's creditcardgenius.ca. Thank you, Penelope, for joining me on the Mo Money Podcast. I'm excited for you to join me to talk about uh, housing and real estate for this episode. Yes, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. It was a blast having you uh, with me as a panelist uh, at my last Millennial Money Meetup back in May, and that was so much fun. And I got a lot of great feedback, especially for... uh, you know, as you being a panelist, a lot of great feedback for you. So uh, I think a lot of people really just appreciated um, just your your advice and also uh, the perspective of, you know, you're a homeowner and you know a lot of stuff, but you're also millennial. So you kind of know some of the ups and downs that we have to deal with being in Mm -hmm. this, uh, you know, generally crazy market, depending on where you're living and also being, uh, you know, where we are having to deal with, you know, the recession back several years ago and, you know, all this stuff. So very excited to have you on the show. Um, so, but before we kind of jump in and I ask you like all of my real estate questions, I would love to, you know, learn a little bit about you and your story. Uh, Mm. how did you, uh, you know, kind of get into this realm of, you know, writing, uh, about real estate specifically? So currently I am the managing editor for, um, a realty, uh, company called Zucasa. Um, so it's a little bit of an interesting, um, realty, uh, business. So it's a full service brokerage. We have a team of in-house agents, um, but it's also a tech company. So, mm-hmm. um, we're constantly creating new tools. So people who come to the site, um, can find prospective properties to purchase, uh, or, or properties to list. Um, and we connect them with all these really interesting ways to sort of sort through the market and narrow down what they're looking for. Um, and for me, that was very appealing because I have a, a background of working for various tech companies as also, um, you know, writing about personal finance and mortgages. Mm-hmm. So it was a really natural fit for me to come to here and, um, yeah, it's a really great and exciting company to work for. Uh, so I have a journalism background mm-hmm. um, and I started off in the industry, uh, you know, as many young aspiring writers do wanting to be a magazine writer or a yeah. beauty blogger. Um, but then uh, I kind of made the leap into personal finance, just sort of 
uh, advantageously and um, fell down the rabbit hole of, you know, learning about um, saving strategies and uh, investing and how to get further in life by understanding, you know, how these work. And it's especially for millennials, such important things to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, something we don't necessarily learn about in school yeah. and that, that led its way to real estate and, uh, real estate is an extremely exciting thing to cover right now. I don't think there's a week that goes by where we don't have some crazy news happening. Um, it's also a very emotional thing to cover. Um, so as a writer, it's, it's extremely interesting for me and, uh, the fact that I can provide people with real advice that will help them get ahead, um, is very appealing to me. And I think very important that we have clarity out there and we have resources where, mm-hmm. You know, especially for people breaking into really tough markets like the Toronto real estate market, it's important to have solid advice and and to know where to turn. Absolutely. And I feel like mm-hmm. this is kind of the time where there is kind of the most information out there, which is, you know, thank goodness. You know, it's mm-hmm. so great because I feel like, you know, you know, 10, 20 years, if you wanted to become a, a homeowner or invest in real estate, you mm-hmm. could pick up a few books from the library. Um, you could talk to a realtor who's, you know, although they could be very helpful, they also have the perspective of they want to sell. So they mm-hmm. are salespeople. Um, so you have to be, you know, uh, conscious of that. And so I feel like, yeah, now is kind of the best time to probably be the most informed buyer that you probably could be because, you know, you can find so much, especially free information pretty easily. You just have mm-hmm. to definitely set some time. I think that's one of my things that I learned before I kind of, you know, became a homeowner when we we're just thinking about it. I definitely said, you know, let's not like find a realtor and like go shopping right away. Let's mm-hmm. do some research to, you know, really know. Cause we thought we knew, we thought it wasn't that complicated because so many of our friends our age mm-hmm. bought and it didn't seem that complicated. But honestly, it took us a couple months to really kind of write down, you know, our wants and, you know, what area that we want to buy in, what kind of place we thought we could afford. And, you know, I read a bunch of books and yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much research you know, could go into, you know, making a really smart, informed decision, which you absolutely want to do, because this will most likely be the most expensive thing I've ever bought. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I can certainly relate to that. Um, So I purchased my own condo as first time Mm -hmm. buyer two years ago. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was writing mainly about mortgages. And I Mm -hmm. thought to myself, well, I know more than the average buyer probably knows going into this. It was still a very complex undertaking, uh, overwhelming at times. I relied heavily on the real estate professionals that I was working with to guide me through the process. Um, and it's so important for buyers to have people that they can trust. So yeah. having a, a fantastic agent is is really your guide to the market. Um, having one that really you know knows their salt, um, they can, first of all, find the listings that you need. And uh, as a solo buyer, you might think you know what you want and you might think you know what you can afford. Um, But but homes, especially, you know, deep patched homes can come with all sorts of little nuances that may or may not be a good fit for you. So they can help you navigate that. And then once you're actually in position to make an offer, um, they help guide you through that process. They help you negotiate. Uh, They can help you sort out what kind of conditions you need to put on that offer. And as a first-time buyer, it's extremely valuable to have somebody who's guiding you through that way. Um, And just to go back to, you know, what you said about searching for things online and doing your research that way, uh, as millennials, especially, that's, you know, those are the kinds of consumer behaviors that we become. That is what we do. (laughs) Yeah, that's what we do. Uh, The days of, you know, so-and-so saying, I had a great realtor, you should use them are over. You know, we, we want to find out information for ourselves. 
um, and, and find the information online. So um, one of the mandates of Zucasa is to have that information readily available, uh, including access to this in-house real estate team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you can come to our site and you can say, I like the look of this house. I want to learn more about it. And you can request an agent and then they will connect with you. And all of a sudden they're working directly with you. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that's something that really appeals to me about this company because I would have really enjoyed that um, yeah. when I was a first time buyer, I would have really appreciated that service. Absolutely. So yeah, going mm-hmm. back to, you know, uh, talking about finding a realtor that you can trust, what mm-hmm. are some of the ways if people aren't necessarily doing the, oh, my friend referred me to this person and, mm-hmm. and people still do that. Um, mm-hmm. That's definitely how I found uh, two of my past realtor, uh, realtors. Um, however, you, you still want to make sure you're doing your due diligence. And uh, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that people should do before kind of being like, yeah, I'm going to go with this realtor. I know Mm -hmm. lots of people kind of talk about like, you need to kind of do it as if it's a job interview for them. Absolutely. You, you will probably be working very closely with this person, uh, depending on the type of home you're after, maybe for months. So it's really important that you work well with them. Um, So when you're selecting a realtor, it's important to know they're not all created equal. There's a lot of really fantastic professionals out there. There's also some people who maybe do this part-time. So they might sell or you know help broker a buying deal once or twice a year, and then they take their commission, and, and that's that. So um, we always recommend finding a realtor who is full-time. Uh, they're 100% committed to the industry. Um, this is what they do. They wake up, they look for listings, they look for something that's going to be a good fit for their client. If something comes up, they're in a position to let you know right away, hey, there's a listing. We need to go look at it. You need to, t- you need to take some time off you know, during your lunch break. Let's make a move. Um, so you need somebody who's got the commitment and the flexibility who is going to put you at the very front of the market and give you every advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that you need to know is are they a specialist in the neighborhood or the type of housing you're looking for? So some realtors, they uh, specialize in condos, some specialize in detached. Um, some say, you know, I'm all about King West and I know every listing that's happening there. Uh, so find somebody who really has that specialized knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're working with a full-timer, you're more likely to come across somebody who just they know the market back and front. You can go to them. You know, if you read a scary article with some stats, for instance, they should be able to provide clarity for you around what those mean and what it means for you as a buyer. Um, so another thing that you can do too is ask them for their stats. Mm-hmm. Um, so much like, you know, a professional ball yeah. player or something say like, what is your batting average for the past year? How many homes have you helped sold or how many buyers have you, have you placed in homes? Um, if you were helping somebody sell, did it go for over asking? Did it go for under asking? You know, like what kind of negotiations did you help them with? And, uh, you know, if they say, oh, I, I helped one person buy last year, that can be a bit of a red flag. It's <laughs> not good. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should find somebody who, uh, you know, has a little bit more experience. Um, and, and just make sure that, you know, they seem to know their stuff and that you have a personal connection with them as well. It's, it's really important that you feel that you can trust them and that they, they seem knowledgeable and you can follow the advice they give you. 
Mm -hmm. What would be your um, advice if, say, you chose a realtor that you Mm -hmm. thought, oh, yeah, I think this would be a good fit. And, you know, as you maybe go uh, see a couple houses with them, you're kind of like, ah, maybe it's not, you know, going a couple dates. You're like, this isn't actually (laughs) what I signed up for. Mm -hmm. What would be, you know, I think a lot of people feel like they're obligated to stick with the realtor because they, I don't know, they don't want to you know, Mm -hmm. make this person feel bad. They don't want to break up with them. But at the end of the day, you want to make the best decision for you what would be your advice for if you want to break up with your realtor? (laughs) Okay. Well, from a technical aspect, if you're working with a realtor, they've likely made you sign a buyer's agreement. Mm -hmm. And that means that they have the, um, they have the right to represent you uh, and only you, or sorry, they have the right to represent you and uh, in all of your, your home searching. And um, let's say you find a home outside of their help you would still be on the hook for their commission, essentially. Mm -hmm. So that's what Mm -hmm. that means. However, if you're finding it's just really not working out, um, you can go to what's called the broker of record. Uh, So that'll be whoever is running things at the brokerage that um, your realtor works for. Uh, If you have a true complaint, you can take it to them first. They'll likely try to remedy the situation. Um, In an extreme case, they might place you with another agent at that brokerage um, because you will be under contract to work with that brokerage for whatever the set term is in the agreement. Mm -hmm. So that might be three months, six months, whatever. Um, And when that expires, you can hire another realtor as you choose. Mm -hmm. Um, But as a first step, just, you know, it's important to talk to them um, to make sure that your expectations are on the same page and just say, you know, I'm, I'm finding that the properties that you're showing me haven't really been in line with what my expectations are. Um, is there something wrong with my financial expectations? Yeah. Do I need to adjust what we need to be looking at? Um, and just, you know, clear communication is important. Uh, but mm-hmm. you do have some recourse if things are absolutely not working out. So one thing that I uh, realized, you know, dealing with a couple of realtors was with the buyer mm-hmm. agreement, um, sometimes they don't necessarily make you sign it up front, which I think is also yeah. good. So you could say, mm-hmm. you know what, let's uh, wait until maybe we work together and like seen at least one house together. and I can kind mm-hmm. of get the vibe from you. And also, mm-hmm. I, I also had the experience of where you can uh, negotiate the time frame within that agreement. So if it mm-hmm. says, you know, a long period of time, you're like, how about we do like one month or three months instead of six, that makes me Mm -hmm. more comfortable. Most of the time they're, you know, totally fine with that. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Absolutely. That's an excellent point. So you do have negotiation power. You have negotiation power at every stage of your your home uh, search. So it is important to look at that agreement before you sign it. Uh, Like you said, make sure you're comfortable with the time frame. You know, you don't necessarily want to be locked in with this one professional for a year. Uh, Three months might be a more reasonable time frame. Um, And it is okay to say, you know, like, let's go kind of do a test viewing. Why don't we make sure we're on this same page? Um, but a good realtor will really go to bat for you. Um, so you want to make sure that, uh, they're, they're guaranteed the commission fairly early on in the process. Mm -hmm. You don't want to lead too many of them on, but you absolutely do need to do your due diligence to make sure that it's going to be, yeah, it's got to be a good balance Mm -hmm. and a good partnership for you and for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So don't feel pressured mm -hmm. to sign it on the first, you know, sitting down. Exactly. You've got to feel comfortable signing any type of contract. (laughs) So don't feel pressured. Um, Now, we kind of talked a little bit about how, you know, Toronto is a really hot market. Vancouver Mm -hmm. is also a hot market. There's a lot of different hot markets going on. And as you said, you know, it seems like every single week there's a new change in the markets. How can someone like right now thinking of, oh, you know, one day I'd like to own a home, maybe in a few years Mm -hmm. or maybe next year. 
I mean, what are some of the things that they should really consider? Especially, you know, I know, you know, the Bank of Canada uh, raised their interest rates. So interest mm-hmm. rates are going up as we all kind of expected. Mm-hmm. You know, is this still a good time to buy? I think a lot of people are confused as to what they should do. Absolutely. Um, and you know, it is a scary time to be mm-hmm. a buyer in, let's say, the Toronto market. Uh, understandably, there's a lot of change happening this year, uh, both on the mortgage front, as you mentioned, with interest rates rising, uh, you know, as well as the Ontario Fair Housing Plan, which is, has changed um, you know, some of the dynamics with supply and demand. Um, so the advice I always give from a general perspective is people get really caught up in trying to time the market like it's the stock market. They're like, oh, I need to make a fit on my, my home purchase. Uh, I can't end up behind... Well, a home purchase is most often a long-term investment. You have to approach it that way. Um, so if you're going to be buying a house, you know, where are you five years from now? Where are you still in that house? Uh, look at the market trends in terms of you know, what, how they performed long-term. Five years ago, if you bought a home, you have come out you know, so on top. Um, yeah. You've seen fantastic appreciation in your home. If you purchased a home in April, um, you know, a detached house, let's say, and you've seen some significant loss in, in you know, the, the softening that we've seen since then. That can be really scary as well, but you have to keep in mind it's a paper loss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're staying in that home for the next five years, yeah. 10 years, probably going to see it even out, you know. Um, mm-hmm. but, it, but it is uh, a very overwhelming time to break into the market, which is why it's all the more important to have a professional that you can really trust who can guide you and say, you know, this type of house or this particular house is always going to have good resale value in this particular neighborhood. Um, you know, all real estate yeah. is, is local. So in terms of if you're going to maintain that value is really dependent on the area that you're buying, the house type that you're buying. Um, but we always say, you know, kind of buy for your needs. Don't get too hung up on whether or not it's a great investment. Um, but having said that, there are some things that people need to be taking into account mm-hmm. right now. Um, so the condo market uh, continues to be really popular because mm-hmm. affordability is, is still really steep in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of people still can't afford a detached house, even though prices have come down. They're still over a million dollars at an average. So that e- even though we've seen some letting up there, uh, it, it's still not super viable for a lot mm-hmm. of buyers. So we're seeing the condo market continue to appreciate. Um, condos are a fantastic investment right now, especially um, if it's a great layout, if there's something a little bit premium about that condo, um, you know, it's likely that that's going to have fantastic resale value. Um, In terms of detached houses, uh, there is an opportunity right now. There's a lot of highly motivated sellers on the market. Um, So, you know, we've seen a lot of sellers yank their listings. They're like, oh my gosh, this isn't a great time for me to sell. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to get as much as I was going to get a few months ago. So the people who are still on the market, um, probably have uh, a really important reason as to why they need to continue to sell. So if you're really determined to get into the detached market, you want to do it within the city, um, have your agent look around for these highly motivated sellers and Mm -hmm. and see what kind of negotiation power you might have there. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that we're seeing that's really interesting is uh, the reemergence of conditions. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, even three, four months ago, if you were trying to buy a house and there was a lot of competition for it, you would absolutely not have a condition for a home inspection or, mm-hmm. um, you know, upon financing because it would, you would just be out of the running. Um, but now we're seeing buyers are asking for these conditions again. And it's so important, you know, that especially in a market where prices fluctuate rapidly yeah. um, that you have a financing condition because appraisers might not agree on the value of the house. Um, this can go both ways in a rapidly escalating or de-escalating market. You know, you might find that they, both sides don't align and you might not get the mortgage you thought you were going to get. So it's, that's a really nice thing to see again is that mm-hmm. buyers are having some more built-in protections yeah. um, and they should absolutely ask for them, especially if you're dealing with a highly motivated seller. Make, make sure you've got those protections in place. Absolutely. Yeah. When we mm-hmm. bought our place is about one year ago today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We, we did not put any conditions on which mm-hmm. like I was like, as you know, me being like, ah, I know you're supposed to, but yeah, the, how the market was, you just mm-hmm. would not win. And uh, you know, a uh, kind of battle if there's another uh, offer on the table, which there was. And mm-hmm. the only reason we got this place was because we didn't have any conditions, even though the other um, potential buyer uh, apparently offered more money, which I thought mm-hmm. was quite interesting. But now, yeah, it is interesting to see, as I was actually just talking to my uh, uh, old realtor about you know what's going on in the market, I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, he said, yeah, conditions are, are being uh, you know kind of put in place again, which is kind of a, a good sign for buyers, which is mm-hmm. kind of why lots of people are saying this is a buyer's market now, not a seller's. But I mm-hmm. thought another interesting thing that he mentioned was, although you know the media is saying, oh, it's a buyer's market now, prices haven't necessarily dipped mm-hmm. like people may expect. Like, you know, still, uh, and we're even looking, we got a, got a, uh, a list of some of the places that, uh, sold recently in our complex and, uh, we can see, you know, what their asking price was and what their final, mm-hmm. uh, selling price was. And it's still over asking. So I'm yeah. like, Oh, okay. <laughs> As I said, you know, it's, it's very local. So yeah. you're going to have pockets where sellers are really having a hard time and th- there might be a lot of inventory to choose from and it's a very different scenario than a few months ago. Um, but markets that are still very desirable, neighborhoods that are still very desirable, uh, we're still seeing them go quickly, um, especially premium units, you know, like really nice mm-hmm. condo units with great layouts, et cetera. The, the premium inventory is still selling quickly and it's yeah. still either selling for asking or slightly over. Um, Going back to what you said, you know, the media reporting on this buyer's market. So that's probably giving people um, the impression that it's it's now extremely affordable to buy, yeah. but that's simply not the case. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, what, what they're reporting on is actually a technical ratio. Um, so like the inventory to sales ratio. And this is a metric that's, you know, used by analysts to determine what the balance is in the market between supply supply and demand. So because we saw so much inventory come onto the market um, immediately following the housing plan rules, um, that really skewed it. So all of a sudden we saw the ratio plunge below uh, 40%, which is considered technically a buyer's market. So that's why the media is saying it's a buyer's market in Toronto. Um, But that doesn't mean you're going to go out there and lowball a house seller and (laughs) walk away successfully. Um, So it still takes a lot of, you know, very finely honed strategy as a buyer, work very closely with your agent um, to ensure that you're in the most advantageous spot to 
to put forward a successful offer. Absolutely. So I'd like to pick your brain a little bit about mm-hmm. mortgages because you said you know a lot about them. And I think <laughs> that is kind of sometimes the thing that people kind of get really excited about the idea of mm-hmm. you know going house hunting. They probably watched way too much HGTV like I used to. I used to watch mm-hmm. every single show. And so I kind of thought that was the main part of house hunting. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that actually probably the most important part is the mortgage part. Not super sexy or exciting, but super mm-hmm. important about getting the right mortgage for the right terms, right interest rate. So what are some uh, key things that people should know uh, about getting a mortgage? So mortgages are actually the first step of your, your home search. You should not go and look at any housing inventory with first knowing where your finances are at and how much you're going to qualify for. Um, so the first thing that you need to do, let's, let's go way, way back. Let's yeah. say I'm going to start saving for a home. Mm-hmm. Um, so work with a financial advisor. Uh, I found that that was really effective in my case. You know, mm-hmm. we had um, uh, automatic payments going into a savings account that we couldn't see or touch. And it put a tangible timeline mm-hmm. around when am I going to have my down payment together? How big will my down payment potentially be? So then once you know, okay, let's say in three years time, I'm going to have enough for 5% down on, let's say 500K. Then you can go to a broker or a lender of your choice and get a pre-approval. So knowing that you're going to have this cash down, they're going to take that into account. Uh, They're going to take into account whatever the interest rates are at the time, uh, how desirable you are as a borrower. So your credit score, um, your employment at the time, um, your existing debts uh, and your history paying off those debts. Mm -hmm. And they're going to determine kind of a max ceiling of what you can borrow. So having this knowledge in in hand, you can then go and actually look at homes with fairly solid knowledge that, okay, I'm going to be able to get a mortgage for this house. I can realistically afford it. Mm -hmm. Um, However, a pre-approval is not the same as a mortgage qualification. And I think a lot of people get them confused. Um, So you've got your pre-qualification and then when you actually go to make a move on that house, you have to go through the mortgage approval process uh, and they're going to take into account all of those things all over again and then officially qualify you. And and that's going to be part of your closing. Um, So it's really important to go through that due diligence. You know, if if you're out shopping and you don't have a pre-approval, oftentimes when it comes for you to put in an offer, you're already out of the game. You're up against borrowers, um, you know, or potential buyers who already have a pre-approval. They can make their offers with certainty. Um, So it's it's really, you know, the the egg that comes before the chicken in this instance. You you can't start your your home search without one. Mm -hmm. Um, As well, we're, as you mentioned, in a rising interest rate environment, and we haven't been in one in some time, you know, Mm -hmm. it's been seven years since interest rates really rose. Um, Interest rates in general, both um, fixed mortgage products and variable mortgage products, have been at record lows yeah. for you know, really yeah. the past decade and, mm-hmm. and getting lower and lower every year. And um, that, I think, has created an expectation for people that carrying costs are always going to be really, really low. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing that's not necessarily the case. Um, they're still at very, very low yeah. levels. Um and we're not going to see any dramatic jumps in affordability, although we might be in for a couple more rate hikes. Um, but that's not to say your mortgage costs will go up 5% in a year. It might go up yeah. 1%. Um, so it's important to build in a buffer yeah. and make sure that you've got about a 2% mortgage buffer there. If at renewal time rates are that much higher, you can still carry your mortgage costs. You're not going to be underwater on your mortgage. And, uh, you know, it's important to work closely with your lender when you're um, 
hashing out what your financing is going to be. It can be really tempting to borrow at your max, yeah. um, especially if it makes or break the, the home that you can purchase. But it really does put you um, in a vulnerable position, especially if you're only putting 5% down. Mm-hmm. So it's in, in any kind of borrowing environment, but especially in a rising one, make sure that you're building in that buffer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's definitely uh, one thing that we were really conscious of when we were pre-approved for our mortgage and they said, oh, this is your kind of max amount uh, that you can get. We were shocked. We're like, there's no way we could actually afford the amount that you're giving us. So I think it's mm-hmm. really important to like really do your own <laughs> you know, calculations and see what you can actually afford. And yeah, like you mm-hmm. said, sometimes it'll mean that you, and that's kind of what we realized. We're like, I don't think we can actually afford our dream of owning an actual house on land. I think we're going to have to look in the townhouse and and condo Mm -hmm. market. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's fine. We're glad that we made that choice. And especially as someone who's owned a house for a year, who's been paying a mortgage, I'm so glad that we've kept our mortgage low because we bought a a house or a place that is way lower in price. Mm -hmm. And it's all about setting expectations early on as well. Um, You know, so you have to know what you're willing to give up if breaking into the market is, is your end goal. So that might mean, okay, I really want to get into a detached. And then you realize a townhouse might be more realistic or a condo might be more realistic. Um, okay. So maybe I do still want to detach. Am I willing to drive Mm -hmm. to a community where detached houses are a little bit more affordable? So it's all about knowing, you know, like what kind of compromise you're willing to make. And, uh, that, that goes back to working with your realtor as well. You know, you Mm -hmm. make sure that they understand like what you're willing to give up and what you're not willing to give up and to find inventory that, that lies within that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, getting a mortgage. I think a Mm -hmm. lot of people are, are not aware or confused about what a mortgage broker is, uh, compared to say a mortgage specialist or a Mm -hmm. mortgage advisor at a bank. Why, Mm -hmm. you know, what is the difference between the two and what are some advantages for one over the other? Sure. So a mortgage broker is a professional who often works with a number of banks. Um, So they're kind of a free agent and they're like your personal uh, mortgage shopper, so Mm -hmm. to speak. So you connect with the broker, you let them know this is kind of down payment that I'm working with. Um, This is kind of the, the, um, range of affordability that I'm hoping to stay within. And then they're going to shop around at all the various lenders that they work with or represent and, come back to you with the best rate that they can offer you. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is great because you have an expert working on your side. You're not having to go through this process yourself. Um, The other thing as well, um, you know, working directly with a lender might be great for some borrowers and it might not be great for others. You know, if you're going to work with one of the big banks that that have a knowledgeable brand, or if you're going to work with like a smaller credit union, for example, um, it's just really important to understand how these lenders differ um, and why you might pay more at a bigger bank than versus a smaller bank. Um, And it all really comes down to like your knowledge of the market. And um, if you know more about how rates are priced and how they apply to you, you have more negotiation power and and a broker can really help with that as well. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm really happy that we, well, you know, first, of course, uh, what we did was look at what, yeah, rates are available. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of comparison websites out there, thank mm-hmm. goodness. So you can have an idea of what are the type of lenders out there? What are the interest rates in general that they're offering? So you have mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, I, I understand what a ballpark number I should be thinking about. And then uh, you know, what I personally did, like kind of like you mentioned, is I liked working with a mortgage broker just because they kind of took the <laughs> hassle out of me doing my own uh, mm-hmm. shopping. And, and uh, I think another kind of misconception 
option is lots of people think that you have to pay a mortgage broker. I know maybe mm-hmm. that could be the case, but generally no. It's always good just to ask up front if you do have to pay them, but usually mm-hmm. they're compensated through the lenders themselves. That's correct. Yeah. It'd be quite rare if you had to pay mortgage broker out of pocket. Yeah. Um, so they get a referral fee from the lender that they're working with. Um, and it's important to ask them too, you know, up front, what lenders do you work with? Do you only work with a handful? Do you work with quite a wide variety? Um, you know, it's the same as working with an agent. Make sure you find somebody um, that you think is going to be able to work to your best advantage and provide you with the best variety. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So before I let you go, what is one or two things that you absolutely want, especially new uh, potential home buyers mm. to know before they get into this kind of crazy race to find a home? Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, don't, don't be too emotional about your home yeah. search. A, a lot of people um, get really caught up in the frantic environment that is the housing market. They, they're they scared by what they're reading in the news. They think, I have to buy now or I'm never going to be able to buy. And you know, that's, that's simply not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're staying within your income fundamentals, you know, if you've got a solid down payment, um, if you're working with professionals for ensuring that you've got uh, a mortgage rate that you're going to be able to continue to afford regardless of how the market shifts, yeah. to be in a good position, um, make sure that your expectations are aligned with what kind of product is available to you in the market. Um, so for example, if you have your heart set on a two-bedroom condo, mm-hmm. but you can only afford a one-bedroom condo, it can still make a lot of sense. Buy the one-bedroom condo, you're in the market, you're building equity, you might just have to shift your timeline a little bit there. Um, the other thing too is if you want a detached house, perhaps look for one with an income suite in it, and then yeah. that'll help offset your mortgage payments. Um, you know, don't be afraid to kind of shift what that home ownership picture looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and just make sure you're surrounded by experts who are going to guide you through mm-hmm. these somewhat scary real estate times. Yeah. But, um, you know, it is possible to be a homeowner in this environment. Uh, people are still managing to do it every day. It just, mm-hmm. It's all a matter of strategy and, and expectation. Exactly. And just making the choice that's right for you, not necessarily one that it seems like, you know, mm-hmm. everyone has their opinion, especially in real estate. Everyone has their opinion. But I feel like, yeah, especially if you make a decision that you know at your core is right for you. Then, mm-hmm. then you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I said, it, it all goes back to the professionals that you're working with. You know, so if, if you're ever working with an agent or a broker who seems to be encouraging that you overstep your affordability, um, you know, maybe take a step back and say, like, is this going to be right for me? It's all about being cautious in this market. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Penelope, for joining me. Uh, where can uh, people find you if they want to kind of look you up and uh, maybe ask you a question on Twitter? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, they can check out the Zucasa blog at www.zucasa.com slash blog. And I can be found on Twitter at pjeg14. So that's pjeg14. Um, and please do send me all of your questions on Twitter. I, I love to hear from prospective buyers and people looking for advice, um, especially if people have stories to share. You know, mm-hmm. that's a, a blogger's best friend. Yes, so I bet. Send them my way. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Penelope. It was a treasure. It was a pleasure and a treasure to chat with you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me. 
And that was episode 124 with Penelope Graham, managing editor of Zucasa. If you want to read uh, more of her articles, some uh, helpful insights, tips and tricks on real estate in Canada, make sure to go to zucasa.com slash blog for all of that good stuff. And also make sure to check out the show notes, jessicamorehouse.com slash 124 for more information about stuff that we talked about, important links that you'll definitely want to click on. Uh, jessicamorehouse.com slash 124 is where you can find the show notes for this episode. Now, uh, I've got a few more things to let you know, but before I want to share some info about this episode's sponsor. A big thank you to Credit Card Genius for supporting the Mo Money podcast. If you're not aware, they are the only tool that compares over 50 features of 150 Canadian credit cards by using math-based ratings and rankings that respond to your needs instantly. Now you can get rewarded faster without all the headache. If you want to find the best credit card for you, make sure to check out creditcardgenius.ca to learn more. Once again, visit creditcardgenius.ca to learn more. All right. So before I let you go, a few things I just want to remind you of. Number one, I am running a contest right now, a contest throughout the whole season where you have the opportunity to win $25 uh, in the form of an Amazon gift card. Uh, all you have to do is check out the show notes for more info, jessicamorehouse.com slash 124. But really, it's just a matter of you leaving me an iTunes review um, and sending me that review, some evidence and your contact details. Uh, and then you have a chance to win a uh, $25 Amazon gift card. So make sure to enter if you would like to win free things. Um, also, if you are looking for some helpful resources to get your money situation back on track or on track in the first place, uh, I highly recommend you go to uh, my resource library. It is where I house basically all of the uh, you know spreadsheets, worksheets, everything that I could think of so far to help you out. So, you know, I've got my budget spreadsheet, my net worth spreadsheet, a bunch of other great spreadsheets that you'll definitely want to check out. Uh, and it's all for free. So if you go to jessicamorehouse.com slash resources, again, I'll link it in the show notes if you're interested. And one last thing, if you're not currently part of my Facebook group, my private Facebook group, uh, highly recommend you get in there. We've got over a thousand people in there and it is basically just an online support group for people who want to uh, better their financial situation. It is called the Money Life Balance Community. It is a uh, positive, non-judgmental space where you can ask your uh, questions. There's no dumb questions. Uh, ask for some tips, advice, suggestions. Maybe you're working through something and you just kind of want to see what other people think. This is the place to do it. So uh, if you want to be part of a awesome, uh, empowering community and to uh, help you get better with your money situation, definitely join my Facebook group. Uh, all you have to do is go to facebook.com slash groups slash money life balance and uh, you'll pop right in there. So I uh, hope you decide to join after listening to this episode because we're always looking for new awesome members and you're clearly awesome because you're listening to my podcast right now. Um, okay. So that is it for me, but I will of course be back next Wednesday with a fresh new episode. So make sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you were listening. So you don't miss an episode. All right. I will see you back here next week. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. 
Find out more at womeninmedia.network.